We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast, brought to you by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our lead college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi, and keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. After 52 straight weeks of recording our shows, Bill, this is our first live show on the CFB Nation YouTube channel. Uh, Every Saturday night during the college football season, we'll be trying to do a live reaction show. And you can also get this show on your CFB Nation podcast feed on Sunday mornings. So, Bill, what did you think of your first full Saturday? Oh, it was fun, you know, and there's still a couple straggler games on right now. I mean, obviously, um, it started at noon with with – Colorado and I know we're going to get to that but I mean I it's I can't stop thinking about that game of all the games that we saw today and um you know obviously this is one of those overreaction weeks we'll have full overreactions at sporting news in the morning but um yeah I mean it's fun man I I've done this I think 10 years now for us at sporting news and that first week is you got to make you know it's like anything else you got to adjust to the first couple plays and then you know you get going get in the rhythm and it was a lot of fun to watch Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was great. It could, like a lot of people have said, it lived up to the hype somehow. So um, this week we've got our Twisted Tees with us as well as uh, we uh, close out the weekend uh, with uh, this show. And uh, thank you to Twisted Tea for, for sponsoring us here. Now, for uh, the, we want to talk about the biggest story of the day. Okay, we're going to label it the Big Kahuna Burger. What was the big kahuna burger today? Although I don't think it's much mystery, uh, like we already said. Um, Colorado comes through with the upset, 45-42 on the road at TCU. It's the first road win for Colorado over a top 20 opponent since beating UCLA in 2002. Uh, It is the first 20 or more point underdog to win on opening day in the Power Five since 1997. Uh, and you know, we go through the stars of the day, Travis Hunter, Shador Sanders, 
and Dylan Edwards for, for Colorado. Yeah. I mean, which one? I, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I, you hate to get in the business of hyperbole with a, one college football game, but because it's Dion and he was running around in a sweatshirt in a hundred degree heat. And because it's Shadur Sanders, his son, and because it's, there's a guy out there playing 110 snaps. I did the um, analogy. If this, if he was doing that on a peewee football field, everybody would say that that's him. And the fact he's doing it at major college football level is apps and making play after play, after play, after play, it was incredible to see. So, you know, I'll tell you this bill though, through that entire game, I kept thinking, all right, this is the point where TCU is going to win. This is the point where all that depth is going to take over. This is the point where something's going to happen. The Horn Frogs are going to win. We're still going to celebrate Dion, but they're going to lose this game. And, and I mean, to me, and we wrote about it at SN, Shadur Sanders is the story, right? I mean, 510 yards, are you, are you, I almost said it. I, I didn't say, <laughs> I mean, I had to catch myself there, but are you kidding me right now? Like unbelievable performance. Well, yeah, you're right. Well, first of all, one thing about Travis Hunter, I thought I think it was Doug Gottlieb twisted, uh, tweeted it out and said he's Shohei Otani of uh, of college football. Right. I thought it was perfect, the, the perfect two two way player. Um, I was waiting all day for the depth to take control and to to kind of overwhelm Colorado with the heat and that both offenses were playing super fast, supercharged, mm-hmm. tons of snaps. Hush, you know, rushing into the line of scrimmage, and it just never happened. Like right. Colorado did not wear down their offensive line and defensive line. We read about it all summer. They're like, they've got some skill guys. Maybe we don't know about Shador Sanders. He played at you know in the, in the HBCU, so like we're not sure how good he's going to be, right? But he might be good. He looked good in the Celebration Bowl. Travis Hunter's really good. Dylan Edwards was a Notre Dame recruit. They've got skilled players, but they're going to get beat up on the offensive line. They're going to get beat up on the defensive line. And they didn't. It never happened. TCU couldn't get pressure on Sanders. Although when they did, I thought Shador did a great job of not forcing the ball into trouble. He was willing to take a sack a couple of times, willing to go out of bounds. Mm -hmm. He showed a lot of maturity, maturity that I, I didn't expect. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, game time is the place for you. 
They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. I mean, I, I go to the fourth quarter, seven of eight, 158 yards. In crunch time, like all these things that we talk about where this is where you have to be great. And I mean, one of them I mean, is a screen pass, but still, I mean, he extends plays. He's creative. I mean, you saw him, like you said, in that I watched him in that game as well, but on TV and you thought, hey, that's pretty good. You see his Jackson State numbers and you're like, OK, I mean, that's pretty good. How's it going to translate? Apparently it translates very well. And, and as I was telling you, I think what you can expect now especially this week with how this news cycle works where you're going to see NFL pundits talk about him as a first round pick next year. You know, Anthony Richardson got this treatment last year. I remember it very well. And um, <laughs> look what happened. He got taken in the first round. So Shadur was uh, amazing. And, you know, I'll ask your thoughts on it, but naturally afterward, Dion's press conference started to make headlines because I kept receipts, you know, very defiant, very Dion as we, we become, used to and that's the part where they instantly become polarizing because what i see is a pretty good story good for college football there are going to be the fair share of haters out there and that's what's going to make i don't even think next week to me nebraska i'm I'm looking more down the line when they play usc in a couple weeks that's when all of this is going to reach its peak yeah well it's going to be a huge peak next week i I texted uh matt fortuna uh who was there at the press conference, at the game, friend of the podcast. I said, looks like Dion is taking the win in a humble, classy, low-key manner. And he gave me an amazing and a laughing emoji back. So, yeah. Um, no, he, he did keep receipts, and he was likable in the whole underdog story during the game, but I, he did not come off as likable during the press conference unless, you know, you're ready to be like one of the people that say, oh, that's what I'm giving the middle finger to everybody. I knew Colorado was going to be good and all that stuff. Although a lot of the public did put money on Colorado. <laughs> so right. Maybe they are right. Maybe all the experts are wrong. I don't know. I want to go back to Travis Hunter just for a second. Like he had, what did he have? 11 catches for, I have mm-hmm. it in front of me, 11 catches for 119 yards. And he drew two pass interference penalties. One of them in the end zone that led to a touchdown. He was their best receiver by far, without a doubt. And then defensively, he made that great 
tackle on the TCU busted a, a run for 75 yards all the way down to like the five or 10 yard line. And he hustled through and made a great tackle on that to prevent a touchdown. And then I think it was three plays later, he made that unbelievable interception. So like it, there's almost more, the numbers were crazy and it was almost more than just the numbers with him. Yeah. And it's different. We've never seen anything like that. I mean, this isn't Charles Woodson or no. Jabril, Jabril Peppers. They were, defense guys first who played a couple plays on offense you know I I reached all the way back to Gordy Lockbaum the uh Holy Cross player that actually finished that that's a long form we need to write about a guy from Holy Cross that finished top top five in the Heisman in the 80s he wasn't doing that division one level so I mean it's truly mind-boggling all of those things and that is why it created such an overreaction you know you can't pick one it's like who who is the biggest overreaction? Is it Dion? Is it, is it son? Is it Travis Hunter? And I think the answer is all three. So yeah. I mean, it really registered as the largest storyline from, I mean, everything else after to me was like, that's okay. I mean, there was good games, but <laughs> nothing like that. And by the way, TCU has lost three of our last four games. So <laughs> that's a little, uh, they were 12 and oh, not too long ago, but uh, yeah. So anyway, you had Big Twelve champions in your in your story. I took it out. They actually lost the Big Twelve. That's champions. right. That's Good right. And That's I think right. a lot of people think they were the Big Twelve champions. So that wasn't uh, that wasn't a surprising mistake there. So um, let's move on. You did your overreactions. That's going to be published in the morning. And one of the things you were focused on not only Shador but the rest of the uh, quarterbacks in the Pac twelve. Uh, starting with Michael Penix, Washington buried Boise State 56 to 19. Boise hung in there for a while. I think they're going to win some games this year. They had a good running game, I thought. But Penix, it reminded me of Tennessee's offense last year, where just Hendon Hooker was just throwing the ball 30, 40 yards downfield and people were wide open all the time. And Penix was just so accurate. I love his, his left handed kind of flinging it. Uh, five touchdowns, 450 yards. Uh, so he, he was one of the Pac-12 uh, quarterbacks you talked about. Who else did you did you see today? Just the Pac-12 quarterbacks in general. And, and we've got some comments in the chat here saying, you know, Dante Moore's doing it. So now I'm going to have to watch this too on top of everything yeah, I else. Yeah, game on over there, yeah. So, I mean, on top – Cam Ward had a big game today. By the way, I, I added that into my story for tomorrow. Cam Ward was great. Um, we'll see DJU tomorrow. I mean, this was just – we said all offseason – don't forget the Heisman winner. It, oh, yeah. I mean, Caleb Williams, obviously. So, and Bo Nix. Incredible. <laughs> Bo Nix, Oregon scored 81 points. I mean, the Pac 12, why are we getting rid of this conference again? I mean, right when they hit what could be the most entertaining year in the conference in the college football playoff era, we're getting rid of it. Um, unbelievable. So, it, it definitely is um, the best collection of quarterbacks. They're all very good. I think it's going to be thrilling football all the way through. I feel like we're shortchanging Michael Penix. That was supposed to be a close game. So, I mean, just an amazing – that's the story of the week to me is Colorado, Pac-12 quarterbacks. These games are going to be amazing. You have to stay up to watch them. We appreciate our listeners for watching Dante Moore, and and we go from there. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. I mean, it's the league is deep, and it just makes you wonder – why George Klavikov and Apple couldn't come to a satisfactory agreement. I mean, is Apple kicking itself after this weekend being like, we could have had these guys uh, locked up if we uh, 
open the checkbook a little bit a little bit wider. Uh, one other thing you touched on uh, in your overreactions was uh, the situation at Ohio State. They won twenty three to three against Indiana. Clearly not up to Ohio State standards. I think they expected to get uh, at least probably forty points against Indiana. Indiana projects to be probably one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, along with Northwestern and Rutgers. Uh, but the only 23 points for Kyle McCord, he got the majority of the snaps. He went 20 for 33, 239 yards, did not throw a touchdown. And Marvin Harrison Jr., who is projected as a top five pick, somehow only got two catches for 18 yards. Uh, before the game, Ryan Day said he was going to play McCord and Devin Brown. Uh, but Brown got very, very little uh, action. What's your takeaway from Ohio State? And do you think they will change their approach as they prepare for this Notre Dame game at the end of September? Well, I know what Columbus Radio is going to sound like on Monday morning. I'm always, and I'm the lead, I'm one of the leadoff hitters on that. At I was going to say, you're going to be on it yourself. So. I know. I'm a leadoff hitter on the good folks at 97.1 are really good to me, but I know what they're going to hear the rest of the day. And it's going to be. Devin Brown, Devin Brown, Devin Brown, when that's not, to me, the answer. It's, why, why aren't they running the football? And what's this offensive line? In fairness to Kyle McCord, his best throw of the day was a touchdown to Marvin Harrison. They got called back because Marvin Harrison stepped out before he came back in the field of play. They called the penalty. It was a really good throw. They got the ball to Cade Stover. I think Ohio State's fine. They, they didn't play well. The good news is the defense was much better, and they've got two weeks to iron all this out before Notre Dame, but on the flip side of this, it really is an opportunity for Notre Dame because there is no quarterback drama. Sam Hartman, two games, looks awesome. It's going to set up. This is going to be a really good game. It's going to put a lot of pressure on Kyle McCourt. The thing that kind of got me a little bit is Ryan Day afterwards said, yeah, I wanted to play Devin Brown more, but it wasn't in the flow of the game. You know, the kind of things that coaches say, yeah, no, if, if McCord was really struggling or if Brown was that good, you would have turned to Brown at some point in that game. It's it just goes more to like people worrying about Ryan Day doesn't know how to in game coach. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't figure out how or when to get his backup quarterback in there. I mean, McCord had ten points at halftime, and it was ten to three. And I think he was scared to go with Devin Brown in a one score game, and he shouldn't be. You know what I mean? And I just think. In these big games, he's had questionable situations, and then people get on him for whatever. And I think this is maybe a little symptomatic of that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, sure. And I, I don't – the way Indiana didn't move the ball at all, and I think that would have allowed for Devin Brown to get more than three passes in the game. So they're going to get a lot of questions about Kyle McCord, but I still think it's a symptom of you – know, where's Trevion Henderson where, where's he at from his freshman year? Where, where's this dominant running game that they should have, that they should lean on while they have a first-time starter? Um, and it wasn't there. It was there in spots. But of the big three in the Big Ten East, and not to say this is how it's going to look at the end of the year, but, I mean, there's no question they looked third best. They had the third best game of the three behind Michigan and Penn State. Right, right. Speaking of Michigan. You paid attention to them. You paid for Peacock. I still haven't paid for Peacock. <laughs> All I can go by is the numbers. Uh, J.J. McCarthy kind of led a little Harbaugh tribute, uh, you know, protest, whatever it was, with this uh, free Harbaugh T-shirt before the game. Then they re- lined up on that uh, 
what formation? What do they call that formation? I don't. He called it trains or something a couple trains, years that's ago. That's right. They lined up in a big train, and then he told them to get in the, in the right spot. So uh, they held up number four for Harbaugh uh, as he does game one of his three game suspension. No real suspense in that one, but you came out just loving McCarthy. Yeah, the, he he looks like he's taking the next step. He was making it. He looked like a first round pick. I. I yeah, he looks like a first-round pick. He's got, you know, when everybody flipped out at Big Ten Media Day about J.J. McCarthy, you know, he compared him to Mahomes and Allen, and everybody lost their mind. It's not the skill set. It's the intangibles. The dude has it. You know, like, I think if you're not a Michigan guy, you look at him, you probably see kind of a pretty boy. The dude can play, and he's a leader, and wearing that shirt just adds to it. I mean, honestly, I think that gesture's kind of – dumb i mean because i mean he's suspended because he broke rules it's not you know you can rally around your coach in whatever way and it but self-inflicted i mean they right they self-imposed it the incident so, so are they protesting their own school it starts <laughs> to look like that but but you know what it for those people that said it was going to be a distraction it's clearly not i think it's brought this team together they they pumped the brakes in the second half they eased blake Corum back he had a couple nice runs Honestly, though, most impressed with Michigan's defense. Fast. Yeah, a lot of guys back. A lot of impact players back. Funny. It's always funny. There's two things we're going to talk about. And we, I, we're talking about Penn State covering late. Well, Michigan was up 30 to nothing. And East Carolina called a timeout with six seconds left to kick a field goal to break the shutout. And you could just see Jesse Minner. And that's a defensive coordinator interim coach. And I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be like, are you serious? Because that goes on his resume as a shutout. That's right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Let's. So yeah, you touched on, let's talk on the third Big East monster, Penn State. They beat West Virginia 38-15. Drew Alar surprisingly got the start. James Franco would oh, not man. name him during the week. But he was the starter and went 21 for 29, 325 yards, three touchdowns, had a real long pass, 75 yards, I think, to start the game. 
to give Penn State a 7 nothing lead. Um, Penn State was in control the whole game. They couldn't really put it away. They missed two field goals. Uh, they struck, they dropped a couple passes in the red zone. Uh, eventually they were, you know, way out in front. Uh, and then <laughs> at the end of the game, James Franklin adds a tack it on touchdown with six seconds left. Could have taken a knee West Virginia out of timeouts at the five yard line. They decide to run one more play. They run it in and it ends up being 38, 15. That's, uh, it, irritating that's not really how you do it that irritating yeah I, I was not great against the spread for sporting news this week i'm like six and ten with a couple tomorrow that's right it did cover the spread which is another interesting i mean yeah, nine put, out of ten you take a knee there I don't, I don't know what message he was trying to send and now you know why the the james franklin haters exist because mm-hmm. he, he does things like that and you know what good for him that's the message they're sending that they're cutthroat that they're coming drew aller was great I mean, great debut. Uh, they missed a couple field goals. Their defense is good. They are, to me, what Michigan was last year. That's what they look like. They look like Michigan last year. They have all those pieces um, necessary to make a playoff run. The problem with that is they still got to beat Ohio State, which I think will get things together. And Michigan isn't Michigan last year. Michigan is Michigan this year, and I think they're better. So, But Michigan has to go there. And tonight was another reminder of how awesome – beaver stadium is at night i mean i of all the environments i saw on tv today that's still the best one it was gorgeous gorgeous the uniforms were gorgeous the uh the turf was looking really good and nbc did a good job it felt like a big game they did the production of the whole thing was good for their first you know big 10 game on nbc so they did a good job let's touch real quick on the big 10 west leader uh wisconsin or expected leader wisconsin tanner mordecai uh, made his debut. It was a little bumpy. He threw two interceptions. One was, I think, a pick six. The other was a long return. So that wasn't good. Uh, with all this talk with Phil Longo, the new offensive coordinator, and the spread and the passing and all this, Wisconsin goes out and runs for 300 yards, just like they always do. Yeah, it, <laughs> there were bumps, you know, for those Big Ten West schools. There were bumps, but um, Wisconsin's going to be solid and, you know, not quite the full-fledged blowout I thought it would be, but yeah, Mordecai has work, Braylon Allen. They're still going to run the ball and they play are. power football. And it's a good – of all the first-year coaches, you know, Luke Fickle's debut probably went a little under the radar. And then uh, the other night game that we kept an eye on pretty close was uh, North Carolina and South Carolina. Uh, I loved how the end zones each just had the word Carolina in it. There was <laughs> one, one red Carolina, one blue Carolina – they both wore their dark uniforms. Uh, Carolina, uh, South Carolina had to j- just a C on their helmet. They're trying to fight for that Carolina. Anyway, I guess North Carolina, they need a trophy that just like carry the Carolina thing around or whatever. North Carolina would win the Carolina trophy for this. 31-17, uh, South Carolina started to make, a, make it a game late. North Carolina's defense held, which doesn't always happen. North Carolina actually didn't score in the fourth quarter. But they walk away with 31-17. Drake May had an awesome touchdown in the third quarter. Great uh, pass when he was getting hit, uh, about 25 yards or so. Uh, what's your takeaway from this one? Did you expect uh, the North Carolina defense to, to show up? And if if they are for real, that might shake up the ACC a little bit. Right. I mean, yeah. And I think congrats to Mac Brown, first coach to ever get 100 wins at two different places. So I thought South Carolina was going to win that game. The energy was good early. Drake May, is, I mean, with him, they'll have a chance to win the ACC. With, with that 
improved defense. Now they got to go to App next week, or App's coming to them, and that was a high-scoring game last year. So, yeah, there's a lot of work to do for the Tar Heels, but they'll definitely compete. And I see Zach Martin commenting, how about Iowa not scoring 25? They need to average 25. (laughs) They only scored 24, and it was against one of the worst defenses, at least on paper, that they're going to face all season. So, But to be fair, Cade McNamara was banged up a little bit. He left early, but uh, yeah, Brian Ferentz not quite on pace as of as of week one. No, I mean, but you know, that's what I. If anybody thought Iowa was going to come out and score forty this week, they they didn't. I mean, it'll be a typical wacky game against Iowa State next week, but for <laughs> now, the Hawkeyes are one and zero, uh, and they'll they'll still be in the mix in the Big Ten West. There's some other teams in the Big Ten West that had a worse weekend. All right, let's jump into Big 12 real quick. Oklahoma scored 73 against Arkansas State. uh, And uh, Butch Jones, that uh, he did not look happy on the sidelines there. Texas, 37-10 over Rice. It was 37-3 at the end of the third quarter. But the big story, Arch Manning didn't get off the bench. Malik Murphy plays the whole fourth quarter, two drives, and they ran out of time. Poor Arch did not get off the bench. And I think there's some Texas fans that are worried he's going to jump into the transfer portal. No, I don't think that's going to happen. They're just angry. I mean, you know, Texas, they, they got the job done. They're going to move on. And uh, we'll talk a lot about them next week on the, the podcast for sure as they head to Alabama. But, yeah, I'm not worried about Arch Manning transferring. I thought they were going to win by a few more points. But Quinn Ewers looks sharp. Oklahoma looked really good. They could have covered a 35-point spread twice against uh, Arkansas State. And I think Butch Jones immediately becomes a candidate to be first coach fired in 2023 now. Yeah, that was pretty nasty. Pretty nasty. SEC didn't have a ton of uh, eventful scores. Tennessee, 49-13. You wanted to see how Joe Milton looked. Uh, But really, they just kind of beat Virginia up on the ground. Uh, And then Nico came in, two for three in mop-up duty behind behind Milton, Virginia. Good to see them back on the field for the first time since that shooting last year. They canceled their last two regular season games after uh, the tragedy in Charlottesville. And so they were back in the field. And Tony Ella talked about, you know, just it was a victory just to get back out on that field. And uh, But, you know, Tony Musket, the transfer from Monmouth, the quarterback, did not uh, produce a lot of offense, you know. But uh, it looked like Joe Milton, you know, he's – He's up to the challenge. He, he didn't put up the the Hendon Hooker numbers, but he didn't really have to. No, I mean, in a strong running game, in a game like that, helps a young quarterback. I mean, you saw that with Drew Aller. You saw that with J.J. McCarthy last year. Um, saw that with Jalen Milrow in Alabama. I mean, if you have a consistent running game that gets the job done, you're going to be fine. So not worried about any of those guys. They uh, Tennessee has has got bigger games coming, obviously, and they got Florida here in a few weeks. I guess Florida's a different discussion, maybe for later in the week. But uh, Tennessee looked good; they looked the part. Yeah, I mean, it was blowout city, really, in the rest of the the rest of the conference. Uh, Georgia forty eight seven, no problem. Alabama fifty six seven, and kind of on on down the list. Ole Miss seventy three to seven. So yeah, so we went through the SEC and. Um, I think that's all we got. I got two little segment here called Sad Saturdays. Okay. Two, two, two teams had very sad Saturdays. One was Boston College. Mm-hmm. They lost to Northern Illinois, who went three and nine last year out of the MAC. Lost to them in overtime. They had to rally to force overtime. 
And then BC went basically three and out in their possession and kicked a field goal in Northern Illinois, drove in for a touchdown. And yeah, I left Jeff Halfley off my hot seats list, uh, but this pushes him a lot closer to it. I know he's highly regarded. I know Boston College is fairly patient, but that's that's a tough loss for the Eagles for sure. And then the other one, Baylor, picked sixth in the Big 12. They were supposed to be decent this year. I thought they were going to bounce back a little bit. They lose at home to Texas State, which uh, you can't really do. Thoughts on either of those? Yeah, I mean, obviously, really tough loss for Boston College. And we got another one in progress with Texas Tech is losing to Wyoming with five minutes left. So wow. that could be a third straight Sad, sad. That'd be a really sad one for them because they were being kind of hyped up as a potential Big 12 champion. But yeah, obviously a tough one for Boston College. Baylor really kind of a stunner for me. And, you know, those upsets happen. You really got Purdue was another one. Purdue, Purdue lost to Fresno State. So first year coach Ryan Walter's not getting off on the right foot either. All right, Bill. So I want to every Saturday night, I want to do a tribute to our uh, our old friend Keith Jackson. Mm hmm. You up for that? We're going to have a couple of Woe Nellies. Right. Uh, give me two Woe Nelly performances uh, that you wanted to uh, to note today. Or it could be a team. It can be a play. It can be a broadcast. It, whatever you want. Give me some. Give me a couple of, couple of Woe Nellies. I mean, we've already talked about them, but I, I think Shadur is my player of the day. I mean, anytime you see a quarterback go for 500 yards, I mean, and, and change – game a little bit and change the entire narrative about the Colorado season. I, as much attention as Dion's going to get, Travis Hunter's going to get, he's the guy that's going to push them into those battles with all these Pac-12 quarterbacks that we're talking about. So I think he's one. And then uh, based on what we saw Thursday night, then you juxtapose it to today and Emory Jones passed for 345 yards and five touchdowns for Cincinnati a couple days after Florida was a complete disaster. <laughs> Jaden Rashada won a start for Arizona State, and Florida was a complete disaster. Emory Jones, the guy that was, you know, he played, I, it seems like it was 10 years ago, Bill, when he was starting for Florida, but uh, that's got to hurt and uh, get Cincinnati off to a right foot. And I was going to get some Ohio bias in here at some point, but I got my Ohio, Ohio, Ohio shirt on. It's not even a Bobcat shirt, it's just an Ohio shirt. Um, but yeah, good for Emory Jones, good for Cincinnati. I, when I was working at, rivals i watched i remember i watched um emory jones's film and i thought he was going to be the greatest quarterback i thought he was i watched um uh, oh uh dalvin cook when he was in high school and i was like this guy's going to be unbelievable and i was right and i was like one for one he's the only guy i don't sit I, my job wasn't to watch a lot of film or whatever but i found him Loved him. And I'm like, Emory Jones, he's going to be my second guy right behind Dalvin Cook that I'm going to declare this big star. Certainly hasn't happened yet, but I'm happy to hear he had a good game one. That one slipped by me. So that's good. All right. My woe Nellies. I went with a particular plays, two individual plays. One was Thursday night. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was in the Nebraska Minnesota game, the winning or the tie, game tying touchdown. Minnesota wide receiver Daniel Jackson. Mm -hmm. That 13-yard touchdown pass, an unbelievable toe drag on fourth and ten with 232 left. Right, to the game against Nebraska was just incredible. I mean, it was another throw, another log on the heartbreak fire for Nebraska. But holy mackerel, what a play by Daniel Jackson! That would definitely earned a woe Nelly from from Keith Jackson on that one. And then the other was we mentioned it briefly: uh, Travis Hunter's interception. 
Great. The third quarter, third and one at the Colorado four yard line. Chandler Morris he throws a swing pass to the running back to Major Everhart, and and Hunter just reads the play immediately. Joel Klatt's like that was wide open out of the backfield. Makes a diving interception, spinning, keeping the ball off the ground. Unbelievable. Definitely a woe, Nelly. Colorado led 24-21 at the time, and they won 45-42. We already told – I mean, that was one of a half a dozen plays, but I still think that was his best his best one of the day. So, uh, yeah, he earns a woe, Nelly, from me right there. So, one last thing. Uh, no, actually, two last things. Your next week's early tailgate. What tailgate do you want to be at next week, Bill? Tell me. I mean, Alabama, Texas. It, it's huge. It's an SEC preview. It's it's the big game of the week. And it's, you know, I kind of want to be at LSU, Florida State tomorrow night. But, um, <laughs> you know, Alabama, Texas is where it's at because it's going to create so many. If you think Dion created overreactions today, just it's Texas, it's Alabama. It's not at noon this time. It's not early in the day. Nope. Uh, both teams are – Alabama has – more questions than they did last year. Texas has less questions than they did last year. So I think it makes it a, a, for some really compelling TV. It reminds me of a couple years ago when Texas played LSU at night in that Joe Burrow game, and, and it was a great football game, back and forth, heavy mm-hmm. hits. LSU won the game in a huge part of their national championship season. But uh, I, I think this could be that kind of game. And and I haven't checked the weather yet. I always do that early in the week. We'll see how hot it is for that game. But that'll be a 7.30 kickoff. So that's, gonna, that's a nice long tailgate you're thinking about right there. So for me, the tailgate is on the other end of the day. I think Nebraska at Colorado would be a good one to be at. In Boulder, Dion's first home game. I checked at halftime. I did not go back after the game. I'm sure it's a lot higher. The get-in price was $240 at halftime of the game. I'm sure that has gone up uh, in Boulder. And it's a 10 a.m. kickoff, so it's a breakfast tailgate in Boulder. It's it's the noon game, but they're out on the – or I guess it would be 11 a.m. kickoff uh, local time. It's going to be – no, it would be 10. Yeah, 10 a.m. local time for the big noon Fox kickoff. So, yeah, Nebraska at Colorado next week. And Colorado is going to be a favorite. I mean, they were, they won one game last year. And they are going to be a favorite next week, probably against Nebraska. So that is so crazy. All right, let's do our final twisted tea toast of the week. Okay, toast of the week. You can make a toast to literally anyone or anything. What What is on your mind as we close the show here and we close week one? We still have more football on Sunday and Monday, of course. But as we close on this Saturday night, give someone a toast. Oh, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I'll go with Mac Brown one because, I mean, he's one of the good guys in the sport to get a hundred wins at two different schools, to be an ambassador for the game, to stick up for his player this week. Uh, Tez should have been playing in this game. Um, and to go out and win a rivalry game between North Carolina and South Carolina, I think of every national championship coach this century, he's, I, I think, the nicest guy of all of them and, and you know anybody that's had a chance to be around mac very happy for him happy for north carolina and drake may and you know like you said they're gonna compete a little bit but it's i always teach that to my kids like grant in particular because he plays football and does these things i was like it is a very nasty game between the lines but off the field at all times it's okay to be a nice guy and uh nobody exemplifies that more than mac brown 
Very good. Yep. Good call right there. And I'm going to raise a twisted T to Puddles, the Oregon Duck. <laughs> I mean, Bill, Bill, the mascot, did 546 push-ups today after an 81-7 to win over Portland State. How far back do you have to go to get to 546 push-ups? I want to know. What's it like? Uh, <laughs> we we talking years? Like, are you still doing push-ups every now and then? He did 546 in one afternoon. I'm happy if I can get to like between 25 and 50 at my age, and then like, but if it was 500, and how many? 56. Yes. I mean that's absurd. Absurd. Good for him. You know, good for Oregon putting up the 80 spot. I did look, I got put that note in there back in 12 at Oklahoma State beat Savannah State 84 to nothing. I'm not a fan of those games, as you know. I'm just not. I, I when you see 70 and 80 points scored in a game, it's it probably shouldn't be played. But Oregon, um, you know, props to them for getting it done. All right. Yes, that guy's gonna have some sore chest. I mean, he did the whole thing wearing a mascot at uniform as well. So let's not forget that part. But uh, anyway, that was fun week one, fun show. Thank you to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All-America podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea. You can listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And thanks to everyone who came in here for watching on our YouTube channel at CFB Nation for our live show on Saturdays. Thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. We will be back throughout next week with more episodes. And don't forget to uh, join us each Saturday night right here for our live reaction show around 1130 could jump around that time. I jump around a little bit uh, depending on our sporting news responsibilities. But uh, once again, thank you everybody. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy your Sunday and uh, we will see you soon.